they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, May the 26th. It's we're coming to the end of May here. So um, welcome and we'll join with the, we'll begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice. Alleluia. For he whom you merited to bear. Alleluia. Has risen as he said. Alleluia. Pray for us to God. Alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary. Alleluia. For the Lord is truly risen. Alleluia. O God, who by the resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, have vouchsafed to make glad the whole world, grant we beseech thee that through the prayers of the Virgin Mary we may rejoice to share in his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that in the same spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Thou, O Lord, will open my lips, and my tongue shall proclaim thy praise. Incline unto my aid, O God. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, as now, and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. So we are just, well, this is Friday, and we're just two days away from Pentecost. Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. We pray for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Lord, send out your spirit. Lord, send out your spirit. We should be eagerly awaiting the coming of the Holy Spirit and praying for him. And the Holy Spirit comes to um, complete the mission of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is sent to us by the Father and the Son. So we pray for the coming of the Holy Spirit. We want to um, be in union with God. And God is not a solitude unto himself. He is a trinity of persons, a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And um, Pope John Paul II said that God is the original family. The human family was created in God's image because in God there is fathership, there is sonship, and the essence of the family, which is love. So the essence of the family is love. But what is love? And we have questions here in the scripture. It's interesting. Today's gospel for the gospel of John is at the end of the gospel where um, Jesus meets his apostles up there in Galilee on the shore of Lake Genezareth. And then Jesus asks Lake Tiberias, the Sea of Tiberias. And Jesus says to Simon Peter, he says, Simon, do you love me more than these? Uh, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus asked him again, Simon, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Simon, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Well, Peter had, you know, in the past gone out on a limb. He had said, I will die for you. And he would die for Jesus. <laughs> he wanted to go down fighting. He took his sword out in the garden of Gethsemane against all of those soldiers who had come out. Peter drew his sword. What was he going to do? Fight them all off? Well, you know, he cut off the high priest's servant's ear. 
And um, Jesus heals it. He says, no, Simon, put the sword away. This is not the way. Jesus is going to surrender himself to death on the cross. He's going to surrender himself to the will of the people. The people rejected him. They're going to torment him, torture him, make fun of him, spit on him, slap him, beat him, crown him with thorns, and crucify him with the help of the Romans. And Jesus is going to surrender to all of that. He's going to allow that to happen to him for us to save us from our sins and to show us violence and power and strength are not the way. He comes in humility. He comes in meekness. He comes in weakness. He is the lamb who was led to the slaughter. So what does all this have to do with the Holy Spirit and this gospel? Why did I bring up the gospel of John here in chapter 21? Well, um, my husband recently heard a sermon by a priest who was saying that, you see right here, when Peter, when Jesus talks to Peter, he says, feed my lands, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. But he doesn't say anything about keeping the commandments. Well, wait a minute now. Let's back up a little bit here. What's going on here? In this gospel, in John chapter 21, Jesus is giving Peter a specific opportunity to make reparation for his threefold denial of Jesus. When push came to shove, Peter had said how brave he would be. And at Jesus's trial, when he was asked if he knew him, Peter denies three times that he knows Jesus. And so Jesus is giving him a chance to repair that. But Jesus, you know, Jesus made Peter the head of the church. And so it's like he's giving Peter a commission. And remember in the garden, he said, Peter, I have prayed for you. All of you. But when you, Peter, and he uses a singular when he addresses Peter, when you, Peter, have recovered, you in your turn must strengthen your brethren. So Jesus is now giving Peter that commission. You are the one who has to strengthen the brethren to show them that even if you fall, even if you sin, I'm still here to forgive you and I will forgive you. And you are the head of my church. So you must lead not only by example, but by keeping the doctrines that I taught you by being faithful. So is there some kind of, you know, and again, Jesus, what does he ask him? Do you love me? Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. So okay, Jesus doesn't mention the commandments, so he doesn't mention them here. So that means we don't have to keep the commandments. That's the conclusion that the sermon that Terry heard, the priest apparently drew. Well, wait a minute. Let's go back to the Last Supper and the promise of the Holy Spirit in John 14. And John 14, verse 15, what does Jesus say? If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus says there, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Oh, well, you know, so he said that once. So that, that you know, what does that mean? Well, you know, all of us, when we read the scriptures, let's not take passages and isolate them and pit them against the other passages of scripture. 
Scripture is God's holy word. The Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture. This is what the church teaches. God inspired certain men to write down the revelation of himself that he revealed to man for our salvation. Everything in the scriptures for our salvation. And there's only one word that God speaks. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The second person of the blessed Trinity, the word of God, spoken by the Father, all of scripture speaks to us about the Son of God. And his incarnation and what God, God, how God is saving us from sin. Keep my commandments. Well, did he just say it only once? He tells his apostles, I'm not going to leave you desolate. I'll come to you a little while. You won't see me because I. But then you will see me because I live. And then he goes on to say in verse 21. He who has my commandments. And keeps them. He it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then in verse 23, he goes on. If a man loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home in him. He who does not love me does not keep my word. Whoa. It's when we keep the commandments of God, when we keep his word. By the way, the 10 commandments are not 10 suggestions, and they weren't done away with in the new covenant. There were things in the Old Testament that were provisional. They only applied to the Jews while they were waiting for the Messiah. The Messiah would fulfill everything, the animal sacrifices, the temple in Jerusalem that had to be in Jerusalem. Um, these things were provisional. The circumcision, baptism would replace circumcision. That's made very clear by Paul in his letter. So Jesus is teaching us to love. Love, love, love. But what does that love mean? Well, it means you keep his commandments. And he goes on. These things I have spoken to you while I was with you. But the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. So the counselor, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of everything that I said. And I told you just now, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, does he, does he walk away from it? In chapter 15 of John's gospel, he talks about the vine. I am the true vine and you are the branches. And then he goes on in, in verse nine of chapter 15 to say, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus said, I did not come to do my own will. I came to do the will of him who sent me. And when we say we don't have to keep the commandments, we're saying, I get to do my own will. No, God's will is that we keep the commandments. Because when we break them, we degrade ourselves. And I see that, I hear that music there, and I see that timer clock going down. Thank you for joining us on Bible with the Barbers. Please tell your family and friends to join us on Bible with the Barbers um, on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You can listen on the Full Sheen Ahead team, Full Sheen Ahead channel. 
Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, May the 26th. And thank you for the radio stations that pick us up. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our benefactors. Thank you to those who are benefactors financially and spiritually, to the volunteers who help us, and to our staff at the office. We're so grateful for your support and all the work that you do for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You know, the unsung hidden heroes that uh, keep the office going and and, and our technical team and our engineer and our um thank you guys thank you so much for the work you do and thank you to all of those who listen and share the app share the app with your family and friends if people are having difficulty listening on the app what you can do is you can go ahead and listen on the youtube channel full sheen ahead and you can go on there and look for the shows and also i invite you to listen to the catechism class that terry and richard and i are teaching on tuesday nights um you're welcome to join on that and um Watch that. We're, we're doing a catechism course for the, the converts, for people who are interested in becoming coming into the church and for those who are interested in receiving their sacraments, who haven't received all that were baptized but didn't receive their other sacraments, or also for those who just want to study their faith more and learn and fall more deeply in love with God. So, so we're talking about love and we're talking about um, sometimes people make this dichotomy between, um, you know, loving and keeping the commandments as if they weren't the same thing and i gave some i gave you some quotes there from the gospel of john john 14 and 15 please read those chapters those last those chapters in gospel in the gospel of john chapters 14 15 16 and 17 they're not in any other gospel and that's not because john made them up <laughs> it's because john was aware that of matthew's gospel mark's gospel and luke's gospel and he knew that none of these things that jesus had said at the last supper his last instructions to his by his last will and testimony were not recorded in the other gospel in the other facets of the fourfold gospel the single gospel as the fathers of the church called it with four facets like a diamond like a gorgeous diamond and there was something missing from that diamond his last will and testimony So please read it and study it. Now we go to the first letter of John. And what does he say there in um, John chapter two, first letter of John chapter two, verse four, he says, he who says, I know him, but disobeys his commandments is a liar. Oops. If we say we know God and we disobey his commandments, he says, we're lying. We're lying. And the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word in him, truly love for God is perfected. So our love for God is perfected in the keeping of his commandments. So it's very, very clear here in the New Testament that if we love God, we need to keep his commandments. And remember, the greatest commandment, all the commandments, the Ten Commandments can be summed up in two. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, with all your strength, and will love your neighbor as yourself. And at the Last Supper, Jesus increased that one. He said, love one another as I, Jesus, have loved you. He died for us on the cross. And so John will go on here in his first letter to say, you know, if you say you you love God, but you um, don't love the brother who you see, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness. He who loves his brother abides in the light. 
so that we have to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have to learn how to forgive because that's what Jesus asks of us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. He taught us to pray that. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. If we don't forgive others, Jesus said, the, the Father won't forgive you either. So in that whole treatise on love there at the Last Supper, Jesus also promises to send the paraclete. And this is the time of the year when we're focusing on the coming of the Holy Spirit in a very special way. That doesn't mean he's not with us the rest of the year. That doesn't mean we can't pray for his coming every day. But in, because we're, we are recalling the um, mysteries of our faith, and right now the Easter mysteries, the Paschal mysteries, we're recalling them and celebrating them in a memorial that isn't just a remembering, but a living of them, a living of them in our lives. So Jesus sent his spirit to enlighten us, to fill us, to remind us of the truths that he had taught so that we could fully live them. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live fully all that God has commanded us. And that's what we want. We want to be living in God. Okay, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So Jesus sends his Holy Spirit. And remember something, when you are baptized, you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive the Trinity, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the one God who is three persons comes to dwell in each of us in our baptism. So we don't receive the Holy Spirit for the first time at confirmation. We receive the Holy Spirit when we are baptized. So when Jesus taught his apostles how to baptize and he baptized them, they had already received the Holy Spirit, but they receive a fullness of the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost. They receive a fuller measure. And by the way, every time that we receive the sacraments worthy, worthily, we receive an increase of sanctifying grace. And sanctifying grace is that life of God in our soul, the life of the most blessed Trinity, the life of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who has come to dwell in us in our baptism. And we receive an increase with every sacrament. Now, the order of the sacraments is baptism, confirmation, first Holy Communion. Those are the three sacraments of initiation. And then you have penance, and um, marriage, holy orders, and extreme unction. The sacrament of confession is to confess the sins that we commit after baptism, that they can be forgiven. And Jesus, yes, instituted this um, at the last, um, after on, on the resurrection. Remember in John 20, he comes and he appears to them on the day of re resurrection, and they're all locked away in the room, and they're all scared, they're frightened, and he breathed on them. He breathes on them and says what? Receive the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So when Jesus has risen from the dead, the first gift he's giving to his apostles, he says, peace be with you. And then he breathes on them. <sighs> the breath of God, the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, and they receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And when that happens, all fear is taken away. All their fear is taken away. The Holy Spirit perfects love within them. And love is not, it's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not um, just, oh, you know, I just want you to feel good about everything. And, you know, don't worry about anything. Just feel good. Just be happy. Um, remember, St. James says, you know, if, if you tell your brother who doesn't have anything to eat or drink, go, go, and go be, be warm and well fed, and you don't provide for his bodily needs, um, you don't have faith. Because your faith, will move you to help your brother. But Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, gives us a, a vision of love, all right? And he says something. He says that if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm a noisy gang, gang look, noisy gong, gong, and a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand mysteries of all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable and resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Prophecies will end. Tongues will cease. Knowledge will pass away. But in the end, there are three things that last. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So Paul tells us that love is patient and kind. And this is a good examination of conscience. Am I really loving? Am I patient and kind? Love is not jealous or boastful. Am I jealous? Am I boastful? Then I'm not loving. It is not arrogant or rude. Love is not arrogant or rude. So when I'm arrogant and rude, I'm not being loving. Love does not insist on its own way. Now, remember something. Insisting on its own way means insisting on my own will. That doesn't mean I don't insist that we follow the truth. Because the truth is not my way. The truth is Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Remember, Jesse and Terry pointed that out on their show just in the last program. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus himself is the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is not some abstract concept. It's a person. Jesus is the truth. God, because God is the author of all truth, and Jesus is God incarnate. So a good examination is to read this 13th chapter of the of the first letter to the Corinthians. It, so it doesn't insist on its own way. I'm not going to insist on my own will, but I will do God's will. And if remember, fraternal correction is loving. When I see my brother sinning, I'm supposed to correct him. Read the letter of John. John points this out in his letter. 
We correct one another because we all want to get to heaven. We want to overcome our sins. We want to give up offending God. Sin is a real offense against God who is real. God gave us the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments teach us how to live according to God's holy will. So we want to make sure that we're following them. Now, love is not irritable and resentful. Does that mean I'm never going to feel irritable or resentful? No, I have emotions. And I will feel my human emotions. But with the help of God's grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit, love can be perfected in me to the point where I will never react in an irritated or resentful way toward anyone. So if I'm feeling irritable and resentful a lot, well, then maybe I need to examine my life and ask God to increase his love in me and to Jesus to lend me your love with which to love my neighbor, that I may love my neighbor as you have commanded me. Love does not rejoice at wrong. When we try to get other people to sin, we're not loving. You know, I must be having a really great time because the time is just going way too fast. We're up against another break. Thank you for joining us. Please share this with all your family and friends. Let them know to tune in to Bible with the Barbers and Virgin Most Powerful Radio and all of our shows. I'll be right back with more on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, May the 26th. And we're talking about love and the Holy Spirit and the connection between love and keeping the commandments and that this is what the Holy Spirit is going to help us to do. To know and remember everything that Jesus taught and we can't pit the gospel against itself. We don't pit the scriptures against itself. The scripture is the word of God. It's his inspired word. He inspired men to write the revelation that he revealed to us. So God inspired men to write this. And, and so the church is very clear. Read the Second Vatican Council document, Dei Verbum, on on the word of God. And the word of God is first and foremost, a person, the second person of the blessed Trinity who truly became man and lived among us. But that word is written just as the son of God became man and took flesh. So the word of God is written in the scriptures and the whole scripture expresses one word. That is the second person of the blessed Trinity, the word of God, who was with God in the beginning who is God? Read John, the beginning of John's gospel, what's called the prologue. So Jesus promises at the Last Supper that he's going to send the Holy Spirit. Have we heard about the Holy Spirit before in the gospels? Well, we have. Remember, John is baptizing and he's there and people are coming to him. And this is in um, Matthew 3, verse 11. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandal I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And again, in the Gospel of John, John the Baptist, he says, he witnesses, he says, um, he's talking about the Lamb of God, John 1, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I have said, after me comes a man who ranks me before me because he was before me. 
I myself did not know him, but for this, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend as a dove from heaven and remain on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and bore witness that this is the son of God. So John the Baptist witnessed. And again, the Holy Spirit, you know, in the Old Testament, they didn't, the Israelites didn't understand that God was a trinity of persons. <clears throat> God insisted on his oneness. And it wasn't until the son comes that he reveals the triune nature of God, although it is hidden in the Old Testament, when God, remember, when he created man in the beginning, he says, let us make man in our own image, in the divine image, let us make him. And then um, when when the Lord comes to, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and he, the two angels go on to Sodom and Gomorrah, and the, the third one remains behind and talks to Abraham. And the third one says, should we reveal to our servant Abraham what we are about to do? This is the Trinity having a conversation with itself, but not for not for its sake, for our sake. And and then God says, I'm going to destroy Sodom. And so Abraham bargains with God for Sodom. And God promised if I could find if you can find 10 good men, if I find 10 good men in Sodom, I will spare the place. He couldn't find 10 good men and he destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. But when he goes on, then the Lord, when he leaves Abraham, he goes on and he comes to Sodom to destroy it. And the angels are dragging Lot and his family out by the hand. They have to take him by the hand and force him to leave. And it says that the Lord rained down, the Lord who's standing there at Sodom, rained down from the Lord in heaven. Two lords? No, there's only one Lord. There's only God. There's only one God. But there are three persons in God. And so we have this, this foreshadowing of the Trinity in the Old Testament, but it's not fully revealed yet because the Israelites were surrounded with people who worshiped multiple gods. And they most likely would have drawn the conclusion that God was a multiplicity of gods. No, God is one. There is only one God, but in God, there are three divine persons. And it's not until the son comes that he reveals. And how do we know that God is father? Because his son reveals that he has a father. And the Father and the Son send their Holy Spirit. And that's who we're praying for now in this time, preparing for Pentecost. We're calling on the Holy Spirit to come, to come and fill us, to come and enlighten us, to come and teach us all things that Jesus has taught, to remind us of everything that Jesus has told us. And we want to be very, very careful that we don't blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Remember in Matthew 12, 31 through 32, Jesus talks about this. And the context is that Jesus is casting out demons and the people say, well, he's doing this by the power of the devil. It's like, oh, really? So um, <clears throat> we can do good through the power of the devil. And um, Jesus tells them. You know, they, they, they call Jesus Beelzebub, the prince of demons. He 
He's casting out demons by the prince of demons. And remember, Jesus had said, if a house is divided against itself, it will fall. That would be awesome if Satan was divided against himself because his house is going to fall. And then his power is, you know, then, then, then he's going to flounder in his desire to take us all to hell. That would be wonderful. But Jesus said, he says, um, if it is by the Holy Spirit that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder the house. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven man, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever says a word against the Son will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. So apparently, even after we die, there are sins that can be forgiven, not the sin against the Holy Spirit, which is what? The sin against the known truth, hardness of heart, final impenitence, refusing to accept God's love. Okay? It's that hardness that we harden our hearts against God and we turn away from him and refuse to accept his goodness. And the reason is, is because in order to receive forgiveness of sins, we have to acknowledge that we sinned and we have to turn to God and repent. So if we don't turn to God and repent, if we don't admit that we were wrong, that we sinned, and then we need forgiveness. How can God forgive us? Oh, I didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing. And there, there are people who do this. You know this. And, and, and you know, they made that movie about God have mercy on them. Hermit, Hermit, Gajnel. And uh, they talked They in that movie. He acts as if this abortionist who was more than just an abortionist. I mean, he was, it, it was horrible, the things he was doing. And he acts, he said, I didn't do anything wrong. And there are other abortionists who said this. I never did anything wrong. What do you mean you never did anything wrong? You're a doctor. You know that you're killing innocent human beings. And that's not wrong. We can become that hardened in our hearts. When we start committing sins and don't repent, we can become so hardened in our sins that we don't think we're doing anything wrong. So let's turn to God and beg him for the grace, first of all, to admit that I'm a sinner and I need his grace. I can't get to heaven on my own. I couldn't possibly earn my way to heaven. I couldn't do anything to help myself get to heaven. If God himself had not reached down to us in the state of sin and promised us a Messiah, promised that he would send his son to redeem us, we would have no hope for ever getting to heaven. But God does reach down to us. He does love us and he wants us to get to heaven. So he sends his Holy Spirit. When Jesus goes back to heaven, Jesus and the Father send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit He's a counselor. He's another paraclete. He is. He's on our behalf. He's speaking on our behalf because he's teaching us the truths of God. And he's teaching us to be humble and to humble ourselves before God, to keep the commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's not just about, oh, some fuzzy, warm feeling, you know, oh, it, you know, love, you know, love, love, love. What is love? Oh, I feel so good. That's love. I must be in love. No, that's not. I can feel good about sin, by the way. 
Dr. Gosnell felt pretty good about the sins he was committing. Heinous crimes, killing innocent children, and, and then storing them up as if they were trophies in jars, in his home, and in his clinic. And yeah, we can become that hardened in our hearts. So we want to pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we want to have fellowship in the Holy Spirit. We have the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where Paul in his letter to the Galatians, he tells us what the fruits of the Holy Spirit are. What is some indication that we actually have the Holy Spirit within us? Well, in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, Paul writes this. The fruits of the Spirit, okay? Walk by the spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And that spirit with a capital S they're against the Holy spirit. They're in, the desires of the flesh are against God and his spirit. God is father, son, and Holy spirit. He's a Trinity of persons. There's only one God for they are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. Okay. But if you are led by the spirit, the spirit of God, then you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are plain. What are the works of the flesh? And Paul contrasts the works of the flesh with the gifts of the spirit. Impurity, immorality, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension. Party spirit, envy, drunkards. You know what? I'm going to have to finish this on the other side of the break. That break is just coming up. I'm having way too much fun. I hope you're all enjoying this. I hope you'll share this with everyone. Don't go away. We'll be right back to talk about the fruits of the spirit. Now back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, May the 26th. And again, thank you to the radio stations who pick up our signal. Thank you to the social media platforms that pick us up. We're on Facebook. We're on Rumble. The full sheen ahead is on YouTube, which you can access our shows there. And then you have the app. We have our own website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. It's all one word. And um, I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank our benefactors. Those who support us financially and spiritually, those who volunteer to help us, our office staff, our technical team, our um, engineer, all of our support. Um, th there's so much support that goes, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into this, these radio programs. So please keep us in prayer. Thank you for your prayers. So we're talking about love. We're talking about the commandments that there's not, a, there's not some kind of a dichotomy between keeping the commandments and loving. As a matter of fact, the two are equated by Jesus in John chapter 14 and 15, that if you love him, you will keep his commandments. And that's reiterated elsewhere in the New Testament. And that the Holy Spirit is the one who guides us in the ways. He will remind us of everything that Jesus taught us. And we we're reading from Galatians 5, and I actually wasn't paying attention to the clock. So I kind of got carried away there and was trying to rush through it. So I'm going to read this again very carefully so we get this, okay? In Galatians 5, beginning of verse 16, but I say, walk by the spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. That's spirit with a capital S, the Holy Spirit. 
and the desires of the spirit, Holy Spirit, are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. In other words, this, the Holy Spirit is opposed to the desires of our flesh. Because if we just indulge the desires of our flesh, we can't get to heaven. We can't live in union with God. Okay. But if you are led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are plain. And I'll read them more slowly this time. Immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. And I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So again, yeah, if we if we go through this list, yeah, these are all covered in the Ten Commandments, aren't they? You know, thou shalt not kill. Don't be angry with your brother. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's good. Don't be envious. Um, drunkenness comes under thou shalt not kill because that also hurts your your um, body. It's it's a way of killing yourself. Immorality, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Impurity, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Um, selfishness, dissension, party spirit. Are, do we obey our parents? Are we willing to sacrifice our own, the will of our flesh to and obey? And remember, Jesus obeyed his father. So he gives us that example and we're to obey the fourth commandment. So the commandments are these, these, these um, what he calls the works of the flesh, what Paul is calling the works of the flesh. Do we have to keep the 10 commandments? Yeah, we have to keep the 10 commandments. But now what is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? What are the fruits of the Holy Spirit? And he says the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But it's it's he gives several words here. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He gives nine, nine things there. They're all facets. Think of the fruit of the Holy Spirit as a diamond. And you have nine facets, that diamond, according to the letter to Galatians. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And if we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. Let us have no self-conceit, no provoking of one another, no envy of one another. And why? Because to those who belong, because those who belong to Jesus Christ crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. So remember when we were baptized, we were baptized into Christ's death. And we died with him to what? To the works of the flesh, to our passions and fleshly desires. That doesn't mean we don't have to take care of our body, but we don't indulge the flesh and give it free reign. We teach the flesh that because we are made in God's image and God has called us to live in union with him here on earth and in heaven for all eternity, that even our body now has a supernatural end we don't just have a natural end here on this earth 
We are called to live a supernatural life in our body here on this earth. We're called to allow Christ to live in us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is given to us in baptism. And the fullness of the Spirit comes in confirmation. But remember, because we are finite creatures and God is infinite, we can always be receiving more. That's the increase in sanctifying grace. Every time we worthily receive a sacrament and, you know, Confession. Jesus really did establish confession. We went through that John 20, where he breathes on the on the on the apostles and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And he gives them the Holy Spirit so that the 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 bishops and the priests of the church can forgive sins because he knows that we have concupiscence, that after our baptism, we're going to fall into sin. And so we have to go to confession to confess our sins, to be right with God again. And we can beg God every day for the grace never to commit a mortal sin. You can ask God for that grace. Beg for the grace of final perseverance. Beg for the grace to be faithful to your baptismal vows. Renew your baptismal vows, not just on Easter Sunday. Look them up. Look them up in your missile. Look them up on the UCCB, the, the Bishop's Conference website. Look up your and renew them frequently. Remember, we've been vowed to God. We have been bought and paid for at a price. The precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He paid for us. He bought us. We belong to him. His we are. And so he gives us his Holy Spirit. He gives us his Holy Spirit. And we need to live in the Spirit. And that means to live in the will of God. We're all called to be saints. And I remember in college, I once said to a priest, I said, I know I'm called to be a saint. And he said, well, what does it mean to be a saint? I don't know. I was like, I don't know. And father looked at me and he said, it means to live in union with God. So it doesn't mean to live in the indulgence of the flesh. Okay. Immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. That's not living in the spirit. That's living in the flesh and allowing your flesh to make you a slave of its desires. We have to strive against that. And God gives us that grace. And that's why we pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, because God in his mercy is going to answer that prayer. What Jesus talked about that in the gospel, where he said, well, if you, if your son asked you for a loaf of bread, would you give him a snake? If he asked you for a fish, would you give him a scorpion? Well, you who are evil know how to give your children good gifts. How much more will your father give you his Holy Spirit if you ask him? Do we ask him? Are we begging God for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to re-enkindle in us our faith, hope, and in particular our love? And love means that I will keep the commandments. That's very evident from the Gospels. When Jesus told Peter, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, he wasn't saying, you don't have to keep the commandments, Peter. Just be nice to people. No, he wasn't. Peter had to go out and teach the commandments, teach everything that Jesus had taught them. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. 
I was away from home and you gave me shelter. I was in prison or sick and you visited me. Well, when did we do those things, Lord? Whenever you did it for the least of my brothers, you did it for me. And the Beatitudes. How blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. We have to keep God's commandments. He didn't give us 10 suggestions. The 10 commandments were not a provisional part of the old commandment, of the old covenant law. <laughs> they, they're not, they weren't provisional. The 10 commandments are still in, in, in force. We have to keep the commandments. And we become like Christ when we keep the commandments. He obeyed his father's commands. He was faithful. He, he wasn't carousing and being drunken and he wasn't being immoral. He wasn't indulging his flesh. He mortified his flesh. He fasted for 40 days out in the desert. You know, something that none of us could do. But we can meditate on his passion. We can beg for his Holy Spirit. We can beg for the fullness of the graces that God wants to give to us so that we too can be made into a living image of Christ, image God in all that we do, and be a light to the world, to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Remember, what if salt loses its flavor? It's good for nothing. You don't light a, a, a lamp to put it under a bushel basket. We're supposed to shine so that others will see the light and the light will all be from Jesus Christ by the power of his Holy Spirit working in us. So Jesus, help us to shine as you shine. So to shine as it be a light to others, the light, oh Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be ours. It will be you, Jesus, shining on others through us. Let us best preach you in the way you love best by shining on those around you. Let us preach you without preaching, not by our words, but by our example, the catching force, the sympathetic influence of what we do, the evident fullness of the love that our heart bears to you. Thank you for joining us on Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Please share this with everyone. And thank you to our supporters, our listeners, to those who pray for us and sacrifice for us, and to our team that helps us to produce these programs.